Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. My name is Taylor V and um, I'm excited to share with you all today. So um, most of you know I am a 1-3 emotional manifester and you know, that one three profile loves to investigate and loves to really get to the foundation of things and also has a very experimental side. And one of the ways that that tends to manifest for me is I will often say to close friends, um, I have this theory. And most of the time when I say I have this theory in air quotes, dot, 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 they know that it's typically not just a theory that I have. It's something that like I have this sense has some sort of basis somewhere and I just have yet to find the evidence because like a line one, I need there to be like concrete evidence. Um, but because I don't necessarily have that reference or that resource at hand, I'll say, oh, I just have this theory. Anyways, um, today's episode is kind of birthed from that I have this theory energy. And it's not because I am questioning whether or not it has um, a factual basis or if this actually happens. Um, I say it this way because I, I think it's important, number one, to acknowledge I can't point you to a book where it's this is described. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I haven't read it. Um, and number two, um, because I want to make sure that there's always room in in conversations like these for everyone to have their own experience and for your experience to maybe not quite align or resonate with mine. And that that's just in general very important to me, um, that there's just room for all of our individual experiences at the level of our individual awareness. Side note and side rant, I think that is such an important um like caveat to the caveat. We all love to say like, we can all have our individual truth and we can all have our individual experience, but, and then we forget to add and our individual level of awareness of that experience. So you and I can describe our situations or, or live two different lives, so to speak, walk in two different sets of shoes. But in addition to that, we also interpret our experiences differently as well. And there is a validity to both layers of that it's one of the reasons why I love using human design in my work as a mentor, as a teacher, as um, someone even maybe say a, a coach in a way, is because I think that it helps close the gap a little bit on the differences between you know, my clients versus my experience and my clients versus my awareness. It, it kind of weaves a thread through those things and allows us to kind of share a common language and 
that language allows us to get on the same page so that we can work in harmony. The goal isn't for my client and I to speak the same language necessarily, or excuse me, better said, the goal isn't for us to come away with the same story. The goal is for us to be able to connect around the same language so that they can continue to live their story and that I can continue to live mine in harmony. Um, and so I think human design, my, my personal position on that is human design is unparalleled at that type of work. But um, for today's episode, what I really want to talk about is um, pseudo-informing and generator conditioning. Specifically, subtle generator conditioning. I think a lot of us um, as manifestors can resonate to generator conditioning in the form of feeling like we need to work or there, you know, there's more to do or we have to respond to certain people or um, trying to keep up with a generator kind of schedule or expecting our energy to be somewhat predictable in the way that maybe a, a sacral center might have more predictability than, than another um than a non-sacral, um, or even expecting to experience some form of like satisfaction and, and, and being able to like, I'll feel better when something is done and complete. Like all of those are little, are, are more subtle, um, forms of generator conditioning that I think as a manifestor community, we probably all can, you know, spot, oh, that's some generator conditioning thinking that I need to get this done, or that's generator conditioning thinking that I can't stop or expecting myself to just have endless energy. Those are things that have become more understood within our manifestor community. I wanted to offer just kind of another layer closer to the foundation. I am not arguing that my presentation or my theory today is the actual foundation. It's the bottom of it all. What I'm saying is that, okay, I know many of you, if not most of you, understand the the more common um, conversations about generator conditioning, and I want to offer a layer deeper than that. And if my theory or presentation today doesn't resonate with you or isn't, um, doesn't feel clear to you, it's okay. I want to give you permission to not see it, to not agree with it, to not quite be able to put it all together, um, and to maybe even not know what to do with it. And that's okay too, because I think it'll make sense why I specifically say it's okay if, if, if after listening to this, you don't know what to do with what I'm saying. It's actually a really good segue um, to this episode. So let's talk about it. Um, this idea of doing versus not doing um, actually came up in a conversation with uh, one of my best friends and I. She's a manifesting generator. Actually, two people in my life who I would consider my best friends. One is my sister. She is a pure generator, and my other best friend is a manifesting generator. As a matter of fact, the majority of my close friends over my life have been 4-1 manifesting generators. Help me understand. I'm, my mother might even be a 4-1 manifesting generator or a 1-4. Anyways, the point being this, that one of the things that I've noticed in the whole generator conditioning conversation is that the people in my life who happen to be a generator type tend to think to themselves, and they have said these words, Taylor, I don't think you need my help. You can do anything. Notice the words do anything. And 
it kind of came to a head recently in my relationship with my best friend. We were talking, we, this is kind of been this, this conversation we've had over the last year even, is just this idea that, that her perspective of me is that I'm very capable. And so when I go on and on about her gifts and talents and how I need her in air quotes and how, um, <laughs> I, I joke with her, you know, if you're not working with me, the, the clients are going to get the things that they need because I just can't do it all. And she's like, well, Taylor, you could totally send them an email. I was like, well, technically you're right, but I just can't do it. And what I think is often lost in all of this is the ability to get a task done is not what I'm talking about in this episode. Many of you, if not all of us, at some point in our life have demonstrated that we can do something, that we can get something done. Whatever that thing is, we can make the dinner, we can make the phone call, we can take the walk, we can take action. Let's just, that's a human experience, so that's not what I'm addressing. What I'm specifically addressing is this this general state of, I can get things done. I think that that, that mentality and all of the, the kind of like cobwebs that go with it is another layer of generator conditioning that us as manifestors um, need to re-examine. Here's why I say that. What, what came out of our conversation is this. She has this projection or this perspective, I should say, onto me that I can do anything. And so while I, in air quotes, want her help, I don't need it. My perspective is that I do need her help and that if she's not around helping, it probably won't get done and I'll probably have to find somebody else who can do it or not. Not because I don't want to, but because I can't. I don't see it as a can or can't. I don't see it as a I can do this situation. Here's here's like the subtle distinction and I, I keep saying subtle because I wish you and I as you're listening to me, I wish we were sitting in a com- like in a cafe so you could see like all my hand gestures because it's like it's so nuanced what I'm trying to articulate through this podcast episode. But huh, the ding you just heard, she literally just texted me. Um okay. The, the thing I'm trying to communicate in all of this is that when we take out the human capability to, um, the human capability of getting an action done, and we talk about the general way of being in the world is doing, that is the differentiator between a generator type and a non-sacral type. The non-sacral types are not doers like that. We're not, we're not builder types. We don't have the center defined in our chart that literally is designed to respond with a physical response. Sometimes that physical response is a no or an absence of action, an absence of doing. On the alternative, sometimes that response is an affirmative, not even just a yes, but a literal, guttural reaction, a a, a physical reaction. Notice the words, reacting to the, the initiation or the stimulation or the question being offered to them. We don't have that center defined as manifestors, projectors, or reflectors, but specifically as manifestors, we don't have that. And so... The challenge is when we we understand that as a community, logically, right? But it shows up in our individual relationships, especially our intimate relationships, because what I have noticed is that 
in our, like in my relationship with my best friend, she thinks that because I can communicate something that I also carry the capacity to do something. But that's the way she interprets the world as a generator type. Do y'all get this? Like, do you, are you hearing what I'm saying? As a generator type, her experience of the world is directly tethered to her to the physical response to the the doing that it either is present or absent. So if there is a unction to do something, it increases her awareness of herself. It increases like her confidence or her self-awareness is built around the the presence of action or the absence of action, the physical response. Unfortunately, that is not how my world is processed. I don't interpret my world, my experience, I don't interpret my capacity or my outcomes in life, or at least I'm not designed to, based on what my physical reaction will be. Because as a manifester, I'm not actually here to react. I don't react. I don't, I don't take something in and respond with action, I'm not defined by my doing experience. I'm not defined by, by my ability to experience something physical so that there can be something um, manifested. I, I don't take things in internally so that I can produce them externally. That is a generator experience. And I think we as manifestors are conditioned to look for that process within ourselves. We look to take something in internally and then we want to see the external production of it. But that's not, that's not for us. We don't have defined sacral centers. What happens for us is something internally comes up and out of us externally, but we don't get the benefit of knowing where the internal stimulate, like we don't get externally stimulated. We don't get externally initiated by something and then it just drops in and then we just regurgitate something back out. That's not what happens for us. There's something on the inside of us that is tethered to something greater than us and it comes up and out of us. And we don't always know the origin of that. We're not reacting. We're just manifesting, hence the name manifester. And so our tether is to the unseen, the intangible, the indescribable. And what we produce is something, we produce the description, not the thing. It's like the reason why a generator can produce, build, create, let's just argue like, stay, stay with the storyline. I know that there's probably, we could go like into individual examples. Just stay with the high level here. The reason why a generator can produce is because arguably there was a manifester that produced a description, a blueprint of sorts that now the generator can respond to and take what was just a description and make it a product or production. The architect is not the builder, but what the architect drew on paper does not, um, does not override or, or uh, eradicate the need for the builder to have a unique set of skills and genius and brilliance that takes what is on paper and makes it something that we can all experience, that we can now step back and react and, and respond and utilize in, in society. In the same way, manifestors, what we offer the collective is the description. 
so that those who are impacted by the description can then do what they do best. Uh, we provide a description and then the projector is able to guide the generator type through the process of maintaining the integrity of the description while also making sure that the generator type is using their ability to act in the most efficient way possible. And the reflector evaluates what the genera generator produced and the projector guided and the manifestor described. The reflector then goes back and it evaluates and says, here, let me reflect back to you what we, what we have built as a, as a collective. Is this what we really want? And if the answer to that is no, that's not what we really want, or yes, whatever the case may be, then we go and do this all again. And the manifester takes something deep inside of them, tethered to the unseen and intangible, and describes something else and initiates the cycle again. Now, I, I do study human design, so I know that it's not as linear as I'm describing this. I know that there are outliers to this, but the reason why I'm describing it in such a linear way is because generator conditioning would suggest that we as manifestors are are initiated so that we can take an action. Most of us even, I've noticed most of us think of informing through what it's going to make happen. So if I tell this person this, then this will happen. That's not, that's called pseudo informing. When you are speaking because you have an expectation of a very specific action and or physical reaction, that's not actually informing, that's making a request. Or in some cases, it's making a demand. We'll see this a lot in our manifestor community where we'll say, listen, listen, listen I don't take requests for X. You'll see this on Instagram profiles of some manifestors. We don't take requests. You, you can't tell me what to post. As manifestors, we don't enjoy being told what to do. What we're, what we're really articulating there is we do not, we do not um, enjoy or desire to be pseudo-informed. Don't talk to me like you're making me aware of something when really you are making a demand of me. It's not just that you want me to know something, it's that you want my knowing to produce an action. That, that um, train of thought, that subtle expectation that gets woven into our conversation is generator conditioning. Because generators, it is correct for them to expect that receiving words produces action, specific action. It is correct for them to experience language or information and that it, it's normal for them to say, and the specific outcome that will be produced from that or the physical reaction that will be produced from that. There is a literal physical recoiling when it's a no from their sacral. There is a literal physical lunging, <laughs> moving forward, an uh-huh or a grunt or a moan. There's a physical movement almost that happens when there is something that's being offered to them and it's like, uh-huh, that's for me. Yes, it's appropriate for them to use information to produce a product or to, to initiate their process of production. However, that's not the manifestor experience. Information is not designed to manipulate our form into action. That's not what an information is for. We don't inform one another for that purpose, and we don't inform other people for that purpose. 
See, the, the thing about informing is, you know, the difference between informing and pseudo informing is pseudo, pseudo informing has an attachment to what the receiver does with the information. Informing does not. If you are expecting someone to behave a certain way and you're, that's, that's the, the litmus test for if you informed is if they produce the result that you want, then you're not actually informing. You're, you're making a, a request or a demand because how do we evaluate a demand or a request by the outcomes that we get? Informing is not invested in what that person does. It's invested in the ability to move forward having known they informed. So it could sound like this on social media. It could sound like, you know, I do not, um, I do not do personal chart readings in my DMs. If you have specific questions about your design, then you'll need to sign up for a reading of some kind, right? That that's informing. Um, pseudo informing would be, I say that, and then I say, well, why aren't y'all buying readings? Why I don't understand why nobody's buying a reading. Everyone's asking all of these questions, but nobody's buying a reading. See the difference? It's like I'm saying that I just don't do this. But what I'm really saying is here's what I actually want you to be doing. I want you to be buying readings. But instead of informing you that that's what I want you to do, I would rather tell you what I don't want you to do and measure the effectiveness of what I'm saying by if you do what I want you to do. That was confusing, <laughs> maybe for some. Pseudo-informing uses others' actions or the outcomes created by others to determine if they informed. Actual, true manifester informing is not actually looking for anyone else to take action. It was not said for them to take action. It was said so that they are aware of the action you're taking, of the direction you're moving, of your next initiation. It is for their consciousness. It's for their awareness, not their action. Now, does that mean that other types won't act? Of course they're going to act because the other types are designed to act. Generators are going to react because they're generators, not because you informed. Is that fascinating? Like that's the beauty of human design. We're talking about how, how types function. You don't have to make a generator respond. If you truly inform, there will be a response. Not because you informed, but because they are designed to respond. Now, conditioning will have us responding or reacting because we perceive that to have value. Here's how that showed up in my life. I noticed when I would look back over the things that I would hire a coach for, that I would take a, co um, a class on, is because I wanted to have confidence in my ability to do something. I never thought that that was a big deal, right? Because I'm a line one. I love to learn. But as a manifester, is it really, is it really for me, am I designed to have confidence in my ability to do something? I know. Trippy, right? Should, is that the base? I'm not saying, if you already have confidence that you can do something, kudos. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the stuff that you question if you can do it. If you aren't able to develop confidence in your ability to do something, is that actually a problem for a manifester? 
I'm arguing, I'm suggesting rather strongly in this episode that no, it's not a problem because you're not a generator type. You aren't measured. Your efficacy as a type is not measured by your output. It isn't measured by does something physically react to the stimulus. So let's make that super practical. As a manifester, is it for like, is it a big deal if you don't feel confident that you can sell? Is that really a big deal? Or is the real problem that you think you should feel confident that you can sell? I'm arguing up until recently, I would have said, listen, we just have to build your belief that you're the kind of person who can sell things. Today, and rather recently, I would suggest to you as a manifester, is that we don't build confidence around what you can do because what you can do is going to fluctuate with the seasons. What your capacity is able to produce, what you're capable of is going to fluctuate based on the initiation that you have, based on how much rest you have, based on who's in your space, based on your design, based on the transit. Like there's a lot of things impacting. There's a lot of fluidity here when it comes to your ability to take an actual action in service to manifesting something. But what won't change is your ability to articulate what you want to experience, what you will be, the direction that you're moving in, the thing that you're invested in, the vision that you have. That is something that I would question. If you don't have confidence in your ability to connect with something on the inside of you and be able to articulate it externally, now that's something we probably should talk about because you're a manifester. You have a motor to a throat. So if you're telling me that you don't have fuel coming up and out of you and you don't have the confidence that there, that you have a process in your design that says, if I, if I can sit with it long enough, if I can get quiet enough, if I can give myself enough time, if I can create the correct environment, if I can just step away and step out of this person's aura that I'll be able to connect with myself and then there'll be something on the inside of me that will become clear. There'll be some, I will have an answer and I'll be able to articulate. If you don't have confidence in that process now we have something to talk about as a manifester because that's what you're you're literally designed to do that your your whole design is tailored to something on the inside of you having the fuel to come up out of you if that can't happen then we got questions what has gone awry right so Here's the thing. It would be the let, let's take it out of generator and manifester. If you're uh if you are a projector and you're telling me, you know, I'm not sure that I can do things. I don't I don't know that I feel super confident that I can do that. Okay, no problem. You're not a generator type. Not not an issue. And I don't I don't feel confident that I can always really like really be clear and specific about exactly how I think things need to go. I, I don't have always this clear vision of exactly how I am seeing things and what I'm, you know, what I, what I have capacity for. I, I just don't feel like I can really, um, inform people of what's going on for me and exactly how I need to. Okay, cool. Not a problem. No, no big deal. You're not a manifester. Um, but if you're telling me as a projector that you don't, that when you, when you get one-on-one with somebody, you can't hear them and hear if they really see you and you don't feel like you can really see them. You're not able to really penetrate beneath the, the surface level conversation and see if there's a connection here. You're not able to really be with someone in a moment. Now we got a problem. Because you're a projector. You're here to guide. You're here to, you, you have this penetrating 
probing situation that happens. If that's not happening, how are you supposed to know if this is the space, if this is the place that you're here to guide, that you're supposed to lend your gift to? How do you know if you're receiving recognition and integrity with who you desire to be? You can't. So as a projector, the, the, the litmus test, the things that we build confidence around for you as a, as a projector is going to be completely different than if I were talking to a generator. And manifestors, I would say the same thing for us. Let's consider no longer expecting to have confidence around what we can do and knowing that we can do it. it that's a bonus. I'm not saying if you have confidence in that, you shouldn't. I'm not. What I'm saying is when you think about where you're going to invest your time, when you when you think about where you're going to do your work, when you're thinking about personal development and growing and deconditioning, maybe the deconditioning is not talking yourself out of questioning if you can do something. It's shifting from where you anticipate having confidence. Kudos for you. Call it bonus. If you have confidence that you can cook up a good meal. Great. Wonderful. But maybe that isn't the standard that we expect over the course of our, like across the board in our lives. Maybe that's just a bonus area that, yeah, I know. I know I can do that. And I accept the times where I question myself. But where I don't question is my process. Where I've developed a deep relationship is not with the product or the production, my ability to produce a lot. It's with my process. I know how to reconnect with me. I know how to be with myself. I know how to get back into my space. I know how to reconnect with my peace. I know how to be in a room of, of a bunch of people who are, in, who are repelled or, or being pushed back my, by my aura and find peace within myself. I know how to be, um, how to feel isolated but not be lonely. I know how to stand out. I know how to say what others can't see and to hold that vision until they can do something with it. I know how to do that. That's our process. And that doesn't always, that's not always going to produce the same outcome. But again, we're not generators. That's not what we're here for. We're not here for the physical reaction. I think it's important to tie these together because one of the symptoms, I believe, of generator conditioning, specifically in this area, is pseudo-informing. One of the ways that you that you may, um, one of the evidences that you probably are dealing with generator conditioning in a more subtle way is if, is if you find yourself frustrated by the outcomes of your informing. I inform so-and-so and they're still doing it. Then you probably have generator conditioning. See, we don't expect from other people things that we don't also expect of ourselves. So if you expect other people to take action from what you say to them and you build your life around the expectation that they are going to take very specific actions because you said so, then you probably take specific actions from the things that people tell you. Because we, we aren't able to operate outside of our level of awareness. So if you truly believe that people should do exactly what you say when you say it, then you probably also have internalized a belief that you must do what somebody else said because they said it. Like This is classic belief system work because somebody told you one day that that's what it is. And so now that's just what it is. Like we just don't question it. Like that's all this is. And you're expecting others to not question what you say. So the, the solve in all of this to deal with the action of pseudo informing or the the um, kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, pseudo strategy 
that would be a fun theory, a fun theme, right? To go through like all of the pseudo strategies that show up for the types. Uh-huh. Um, so let's just say the manifestor pseudo strategy is pseudo informing. It's faux informing. It's like a plant, but it's fake. It's like, it's not really informing. It's really just making a request. It's just making demands and expecting that people will take specific physical and often physical action in response or in reaction to what you've said. It's trying to manipulate your experience through the actions of other people versus managing your experience through your own presence or absence. That's the difference. And so what I think is really important to consider here is, like I said, this this type of conversation for general um, generator conditioning is not the surface level. If you still think that you need to work all the time, if you're not willing to question the nine to five cycle being supportive for you, like if you're not there yet, that's okay. Like I said, again, this episode may leave you in a place where you don't know what to do with it. And that's, that's like the prime example, the belief that you should know what to do with it is another evidence of generator conditioning. As a manifester, I'm informing you of a theory that I have about our experience. I don't know what you'll do with it. I don't have an expectation that you'll do anything with it. I'm informing you that this is something I'm witnessing. This is something I've seen in myself. This is something I've seen in other people. Now, if that lands with you, if that truly informs you, you and I are both going to find out together what, what gets manifest, what comes up and out of you as a result of what was deposited and experienced by you. I couldn't tell you what that's going to be. I'm not invested in that. I was just invested in the podcast episode getting out and not being late, right? So that's the difference. Pseudo-informing is now that you know, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do this worksheet. And I want you to, no, 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 that's not what we're doing here. I just want you to be informed that I'm, I'm detecting another layer of generator conditioning that we as manifestors and specifically um, just non-sacral types ought to question. And that's the expectation that we are here to do something in response or in reaction to stimulus. And that also shows up as pseudo-informing, in other words, expecting others to react or respond with specific and often physical action to our informing. We don't have to have that expectation of anyone because all the types have the way that they handle what comes at them. You don't have to expect or demand that a generator react or act They're going to do that because of their design. And a projector is going to do what it does with whatever you offer. And a reflector is going to do what it does with whatever you offer. And a manifestor is going to do what it does with whatever you offer. Not because of the person's intent, not because of your intention, but because of the way that they're designed to do with the things that come at them. And when we free everyone up to be authentic to their design, not authentic as in I like who I am. That's called self-acceptance. I like, I like myself enough to not quit on me. That's self-acceptance, right? You know, it may not be my favorite thing, but I'm good enough with it not to change it. Like that might be self-acceptance. We're not talking about self-acceptance. What we're talking about is authentic, meaning it's just the way it is. Authentic, it is what it is. That's authentic. 
And so there's an authentic way for us to experience other people. And I would challenge the idea that it, it involves the expectation that we're going to do anything. So the other thing I wanted to touch on with this is that there's a fine line I'm, I'm writing and explaining it this way because manifestors get things done. Manifestors manifest a lot. We, we go places, we do things. It isn't, it's almost like I'm contradicting the first part of my, my, um, episode because it's, it's, I'm, what I am not trying to say is that we are, um, projector in like our not here to work vibes. No, like manifestors are like, well, Ra'uruhu calls them super slaves because of all the generator conditioning. Like we are very capable humans. We are very capable designs. What I'm suggesting is that our identity isn't attached to our doing. Our doing is the result of being very clear about our identity. Generators have have a an ability to see themselves in their working. They get to see their sacral center in its expression of doing. We don't. That's not how we experience. That's not the that's not the reflection that we've been offered. We've been offered a reflection by it through our experience, through our presence. We get to see when we when we speak what's truthful when we speak from the inside of ourselves what we get is something outside of ourselves and that becomes the thing that reflects back to us what we're what's happening inside of us one of the one of the best ways that i would like um to let me say it this way one of the best ways i believe that you can grow more authentic is to be around another person who is equally as committed to their own authenticity. It is very, very challenging to value your difference, to accept your difference or even become aware of your difference if there is someone else promising you a certain outcome. Because in the investment in you producing a certain outcome, sometimes it requires us to do it at the expense of your authenticity. Let me give you a super practical example. When some of us as kids played on a sports team, right? And let's just argue it's the basketball team that I did basketball at one point. The coach was very clear with me that the goal here is for our team to go to the playoffs and ultimately win the championship, right? Now, it's wonderful if it's authentic for me to take a nap regularly and that's just part of who I am and that's just part of my you know ritual and and the way that I work best is you know I take lots of breaks and I don't have to study and you know you know I'm not super into sweating all the time and that's just kind of how I am a little prissy a little prima donnish like that's great but when I when I enroll in in my coach's experience there is an investment in the outcome and there is an understanding that I am going to act Sometimes, even outside of how I would normally act, because I am equally as invested in the outcome. So even if I'm not used to, you know, running every day for an hour, because I committed to that outcome, I'm willing to go outside of what might feel normal, comfortable, appropriate for me, because I care about that moment. Being present for that moment, contributing to that outcome. There are times in your life where that choice makes a lot of sense. 
a lot of us hire coaches and we say, I just want somebody who's going to work with me to be authentic, but really we're really invested in the outcome. I want to see my sales uh, metrics change. I want to see my lead generation change. I want to see um, my social media growth. I want to see whatever the case may be. It's fine. There are times where you do that on purpose, right? But know that that can't be the only reason why you ever invite someone to work with you because that just turns you into a generator. Generators are investing these outcomes that they measure them. How effective was this? How present was I based on how, how many results were produced? It's nothing wrong with that. Generators are great people. Like they have, we have something to learn from them. There are seasons where we accept the fatigue that comes with acting outside of what's authentic to us. But that's not what's going to get you integrated and experience peace and rest. That isn't going to lead to fulfillment. It just leads to achievement. And that's okay. So the reason why I make that distinction is because that's not what I want to support you in in the, in the next thing I'm going to share with you, what I want to support you in is integration and rest. I want you to be able to see your design in a different way. I want you to experience what's authentic for you because I'm not invested in what you do with it necessarily. I want to be able to inform you about what I see happening in your chart and then give you an opportunity to see what comes out of that information, whether that's action or inaction, whether that's insight or initiation or not. I want you to be able to inform me of what's happening for you. And we'll see what kind of dance happens as, as you integrate learning about your design, learning how you're uniquely made to process information. Because I'm talking in this episode very generally about manifestors, but this, this gets way more specific. Do you have a defined emotional center? Because now we're talking about a time component. Do you have a defined splenic center? Because now we're talking about a, a specific atmosphere component. Do you have a defined ego? Because now we're talking about like an internal desire, energy, season, com seasonal component. Do you have a defined G-center? Because then we're talking about an identity, a sense of self. Does this, does this work with who you desire to be, who you know yourself to be? Do you have a defined Ajna? Because there's probably a specific process or a concept or you know, a set of principles that you're filtering this through that we need to make sure that you, you're able to, you won't be able to act outside of who you are. So we got to know what's happening for you. What are some of the rules, so to speak, that you function by? I say all that to say, the integration work, the work of deconditioning from the generator way of approaching life and approaching interactions is not a simple three-step process where you just stop pseudo-informing. No, you don't stop pseudo-informing because the reason why we pseudo-inform is because there is a belief that we need there to be a specific action by another human to have the experience that is our birthright. The reason why we have learned to pseudo-inform is because we have been pseudo-informed. We've been in relationships with people who tell us things and make it sound like it's optional, but the relationship hinges on us taking a specific action. We've been in those situations. So we don't pseudo-inform just because uh, we tripped and fell one day. We pseudo-inform because there is a need for us to feel integrated and to experience peace and rest. And what I want to offer is there, there is another way to experience that. And it's not in the form of a reading where I'm just going to read your chart to you. You're going to have to be in relationship with somebody who values your authenticity more than they value your outcomes that you can produce. 
And it's totally going to be a faith walk, right? It's totally going to be an unseen, like, I can't tell you what's going to come out of you, out of it. But I can tell you this, I haven't met a person who's been displeased with what they have come to experience and know about themselves after this work has been done. But the results, the, in air quotes, results have been varied for some, the, from the outsider, for some, you would say, oh, their life hasn't changed much. Then if you talk to them, they would say, I really didn't need my life to change. I just didn't know what was going on. I just didn't understand why things were happening the way they were. I I didn't understand the role that I was playing. I didn't understand why I felt the way that I did. I I didn't understand. And so the confusion, the internal, the mental chaos was the problem, not my actual life circumstances. I can't tell you how many people that's true for. In a super practical example, it's super true for a lot of the clients I've had who have had careers and they're trying to get out of their career and start their own business and they're swearing up and down, I just have to get out of this career, I just have to get out of this career. But when we really explore it, they actually don't hate their career. They don't hate what they do. What they hate is not knowing how this contributes, how their career contributes to who they're made to be. They have fantasized what entrepreneurship will afford them, not realizing that their design actually thrives in the spaces where someone else is taking on risk that their design would not value or enjoy. But until they know what's authentic to them, it's easier to say, well, it would just be best if I could just quit my job. If I could just get out of my job, I'd feel better. If I could just get this business off the ground. For some, that is, for some, that is an outcome that's desirable. But I, I have found, I have found time and time again, more often than not, the people who see growth in their business, the people who see transformed marriages, the people who develop and, and transform their relationships with their kids and, and learn to enjoy parenting, the people who lose the weight, the people who gain the muscle, the people who change their relationship with food, the people who find a new sense of self-confidence, the people who, who shift from self-doubt to a sense of purpose, those people, they very rarely change any details of their life. They learn to integrate. They learn to rest. And from rest, there's a clarity from rest, they lose desperation and they have more resource available to them. And that resource gets reinvested. They stop reacting and they start reinvesting in the things that actually matter to them. And as a result, they reap rewards in areas that actually matter to them. It's powerful. So an initiation in that process is... Um, my two-week Voxer intensives. I did one several months ago. I did a um, full circle moment. I I inserted a clip of one of the testimonials or or reviews one of the clients gave. I have other testimonials and reviews as well, but it's really not about that. It's just if, if what I've said to you in this episode really resonates with you, I would just I really want you to apply. I really want you to fill out the questionnaire. Let's just see if we're on the same page. Talk to me about what you really want to see integrated, where you really want to find rest, where you really, where talk to me about the areas that don't feel like there's enough breathing room or enough margin, where you feel a little tight, where you're tempted to take another new year intention course around. Tell me where you feel a bit constricted and you'd love to have more space to expand as a manifester. 
where you'd like some wiggle room in your life? Is it in your health? Is it in your finances? Is it in your business? Is it with your offer? Is it in your parenting? Tell me what's going on. Inform me what's going on. And then I'll inform you of how I can best show up for you. And if there's alignment there, if we can work together, I'll reply and I'll let you know the details of that and you can decide to move forward or not. For the sake of um, transparency, because I don't like setting people up, I just want you to know that the price point for this particular offer that I'm sharing with you is less than $500. So if that's within your budget or um, something that you're comfortable with, then please go ahead and fill out the questionnaire. If that's not something that's within your comfort level or within your you know, realm of possibility right now, that's fine. This just may not be the best space for us to um, work together in this season. But just wanted to, to kind of give people a, a range. I know I personally don't like signing blank checks. And so I don't, I try my very best not to ask others to do that as well. So that is what I have for you today. I hope that this, um, this episode was insightful for those who um, were able to kind of track with me. And for those that, th- that weren't, I hope this is an episode that, you know, will blossom when it, when it's in season for you. So that's all I have for today. You can, um, get the links that you need in the show notes. Talk soon. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.